0: Jesus, Jesus, make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, your name is light, a shadow's candle. Jesus Oh, you silence fear And make the darkness tremble You bring the death to life darkness tremble You bring the day Jesus Jesus Will oh, you silence fear You make the darkness tremble You bring the dead to life Or you silence fear, you make the darkness tremble, you bring the dead to life, you are Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You have silenced fear. You've made the darkness tremble. You brought the dead to life. You have silenced fear. You've made the darkness tremble. You brought the dead to life. Jesus yes, you are Jesus The darkness to tremble. You made the alive. Father, You have silenced my fears. You made the darkness tremble. Alive. Let's lift our hands and sing Jesus. Mm-hmm. You are Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. silenced every fear. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
1: We love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We seek your face. All we desire your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, this morning in this place. Soften our hearts. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you're saying. consecrate, and we dedicate our lives to you, Lord Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, we worship, we worship, we worship. I invite you, I don't do this all the time, but I'd like everyone to bow your knee today. If you can't, that's fine, just sit in your chair. We bow, we submit our lives to you this morning. We consecrate anew and dedicate our lives to serve you, Lord Jesus. The offer. And the finisher of our faith. Soon coming King, we love you. Your word states, Father, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. We give you thanks today for your Son. Our redemption. We thank you, Father, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, turn our hearts in the direction that you have us to go—not our will, but your. God's people said, amen. All God's people said, it's all about Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
2: If you have your Bibles, open to Philippians chapter 4. While you're doing that, I'll give you a couple quick announcements. Tomorrow... The new devotional start starts June 1. We've got several back there. Make sure you take some. If you've got somebody, give them, give them away. Take them to someone. Take them to nursing homes. Take them to the neighbors. Take them to your friends or relatives. But there should be plenty back there. And their announcement is next week, next Sunday, we are going to begin our children's services back again. And according to the... Daycare or, uh, stipulations, We can have you can have 15 per room, which shouldn't be a problem for us. The only thing is our preschool gets really full. So what we're going to do this year, usually we wait until August and bring kids going into the first grade up to Children's Church. This year we're going to start now. So if you know anybody that's going to be in first grade, going from kindergarten to first grade, starting next week they're going to go up to Children's Church with us with the kids there. So so that should be, that'll help our numbers up there and it'll keep the numbers down a little bit in, in uh, the preschool and the kids that age are always excited to do that. So um, we appreciate that. So make sure that you're aware and your kids are ready to go for that and have them bring guests. If they have anybody they want to bring, now's the time to get them involved. Um, one thing we've, sometimes we fail to do is just communicate some things about the church. And I just want to take a couple minutes and do that this morning about our missionaries. We support two mission works. Now, a lot of people will just give to anything, but you know, five and $10 thrown here and there really doesn't do a lot of good. It's nice, but it does. So we have two that we support on a regular basis. We, we sow into their ministries every month. One of them is Jeff and Corinne Rogers. They started in Zimbabwe, but basically got driven out of there with that tyrannical dictator. And so now they, they've they left the locals there still working, but they're in Malawi. And they do a lot of work in the natural. They drill wells so the people have water. They Have a hospital. They teach and train young people like auto mechanics and sewing so that they have a way to provide for their families. They take care of orphans. They have a really good work. And uh, we haven't had Jeff here for a while because what happens is he spends all his time there. And then when he gets a break to come to the United States, we didn't think he should have to spend all his time ministering. He needed to rest. So, So uh, it's a good work. We still sow into them regularly. Sometime we'll have them back when that works out. The other missionary mission work that we support is Mike Keys, Mike and Ethel Keys in the Philippines. Now, we have a really close relationship with Mike and Ethel. We are blessed. He has an apostolic ministry. His ministry, they have a compound in the Philippines. They have orphans and take care of Orphans, they train people in ministry. They do that, but they're very evangelical-oriented. And because of his apostolic calling, his work is they have uh, churches throughout the nation. And he goes over and ministers and helps and works with those churches. Every summer, usually every summer, he has tour groups that go over from the United States. And our uh, people from here went several years ago. But what Mike and Ethel do, they're home based in Tucson. And from usually May until the end of August, they are in the Philippines and ministering to the churches and, and working evangelistically over there and building up those churches. Then they come back usually from September to December and in the United States, and he goes from church to church and teaches and raises funds so they have finances over there. And so always in September, we have Mike here, and he will be here the weekend of September 13th. Then he usually, then they usually go back in December and January, then they're back in the States for the spring for the same purpose. Well, this year, because of all this that's been going on, he can't go out and minister, and therefore he doesn't have the availability of fundraising like he normally would. Now, he's done a lot of things online. He does live streams online. He's doing his devotional online. He's ministered in the church in Tucson. But he can't even really go back to the Philippines now because ordinarily he would be back there. But their work is in Mindanao Island, which is way south of Manila, and he'd have to, he has to fly into Manila he would have to quarantine for two weeks before he could even go on there. And there's no place for him to go to just a flea bag motel. motel, he said. So right now, they're pretty much stranded in Tucson. Now, I'm telling you all this. Let me read Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. And this is Paul. Speaking to the Philippians, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. In other words, it says I know how to live humbly and I know how to live in prosperity. Everywhere, and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent to... From you, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. A lot of people quote that scripture, and my God shall supply all, of you, but they don't realize that he's speaking that to people that have sown into his ministry. So the thing is, because you are such a faithful people, right. we have gone through this whole thing. And we haven't lacked for any good thing in this church. If anything, our offerings have been up. And and we appreciate that so much. But what that has done for us has given us an opportunity to sow. And we've been sowing extra, particularly to Mike Keys, And some of you have given, specifically, let me guarantee you, every cent of that goes to the missions where it's directed. And I just want you to know that. But... That's one reason why we need to have ties and a good, stable church, because we are able to do that together. And when we do that, and because you've been faithful, then God, the same thing applies to you as it did to the Philippians. My God shall supply all our need. So perhaps you've been abased and you've known how to abound. But just be confident in this that you can do all things and that God will supply your needs. You just need to put your trust and your faith and your hope in that when you've done your part. And is sowing into this ministry and sowing specifically to missions, you've done your part and we've done our part. And we will continue to do that. And we always encourage, like I said, Mike Keys will be here in September. It's scriptural to lay up ahead. So make sure you get your little envelopes full and ready to give for when they come. But we will continue to sow as, as we have it available and regularly to those missions. So we just want to make you assured of that. So um, I guess one more week we will do the... Next week we will receive the offerings today. You can just put them in there. So we thank you.
1: I'm ready to get back to some normalcy. Amen. God, our Father in Heaven, He's a big God. And America tends to think, you know, especially with churches, only big churches can do things. I'll tell you what, the size of this church, you know, I think you would be amazed amazed at the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars that have been sown into missions. And that's why I have so so much confidence in the days ahead that God's going to meet our needs. God's going to meet your needs. So continue to to sow. Continue to give. I just, I don't know, I've been in just sowing seed, giving money and doing different things. And uh, it's a season to do that. It'll come back and you'll be blessed. Amen. If you'd put that um, first transparency up, please. I guess it's not a transparency anymore. (laughs) God. I'm living in the past, aren't I? Just having a hard time making that adjustment. That thank you. You forgive me. Purpose of our series, seven requirements. Number one, recognize and embrace God's new season. Number two, everything we do must depend on Christ. Number three, You will have to leave your comfort zone. Number four, it will require courage and obedience. Number five, a personal responsibility to prepare. Number six, separation from the world. Number seven, expectation of the miraculous. Now, today we're going to talk about preparing. Look in your Bibles to Joshua. I want to read to you. I always like to read our text because I've used this as an example. The nation of Israel was about to um, cross over a a flooding Jordan River to go in and take their spiritual inheritance. And so God is giving Joshua specific instructions. Moses has died, and he's a new leader. And I, I just have been drawn to this the last few months because I really believe this is where the church is not just this church, but the entire body, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're, we're going out there and we're getting ready to take our spiritual inheritance. This, Psalms 2 says, ask of me and I'll give you your, the heathen for your inheritance. And so when you think of inheritance, you think of money. and No, I, I believe it's souls, people, the hearts of people. This is what it's all about And we need to get back to being, you know, evangelists, doing the work of an evangelist and and thinking about getting people born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Fulfilling their own vision and what God's called them to do. So in Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6. Now, you'll notice he he repeats this to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them... Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the camp. And command the people, saying, now listen to this. Prepare provisions for yourself. Say that with me. Prepare provisions for yourself." For within three days you'll cross over this Jordan to go to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You can take that down, Caleb. Now, to this point, God has provided for his people. Marched around a mountain. How long? Forty years. What did he do? He fed them, did he not? Manna from heaven provided quail. In fact, I was, I was prompted because I remembered this. I found this scripture in Deuteronomy. It says this. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. Forty years. You couldn't have taken this, Jasmine. Wearing the same thing every day. Been tough on some of you ladies. Man, now, no big deal. But that's The kind of God he is. But now things are changing. And this is what's going on. And I liken this to what is going on in the church today. God expects his people to grow up. God expects his people to take personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Some people don't like that word. Personal responsibility. Now God was developing in his people a mentality of personal responsibility. For the manna would soon cease. Let me think about this. Help me here. What are some things you prepare for? What do you prepare for? Give me... Seasons, or what specifically? What are some things everyday life? What do you prepare for? What? Sports? Sports? Athletic, what? Food? Food? Food. Out of the abundance, the heart of the mouth speaks. (laughs) Food, if that's all you're interested in, dear, is food. She made my key lime pie the other day. I was surprised she didn't do it very often. I said, I want a key lime pie, and she made it. Just I was so surprised that she did it than than the pie itself, you know. <laughs> what else you prepare? What, what are you doing, Jasmine? What'd you tell me you're doing all week? Preparing for a wedding. So, you know, there's so many things you can you can think about and that you do every day that you prepare for. I prepare for a message every week. Amen? Now, here's the central truth. The believer must, say must, the believer must take personal responsibility to prepare spiritually and in the natural, are you listening, for the greatest outpouring of God's spirit this world has ever seen. The believer must take personal responsibility, prepare spiritually and in the natural for the greatest outpouring of God's spirit the world has ever seen. I read after. There's three books written about Smith Wigglesworth. If you're young, how many of you don't know who Smith Wigglesworth? Raise your hand. It's all right. Okay. You need to get a book. Maybe we'll have to get some. They're real easy to read. They're short. You got a firecracker. Did you know that when you did you know that when you married her, yeah. you did. <laughs> She's smiling. She, yeah. She knows who Smith Wigglesworth is. I want to read to you if I can find it here. It's called Glimpses of the Future. Now he lived at you know at the turn of the 20th century, in towards World War II. He was uh, an You know, I don't know if he couldn't even read. He was a plumber in England. I think there's three documented cases where people were raised from the dead in his life. One was his wife. This man was phenomenal. Um, Today, there aren't very many preachers like him. Lester Summerall was like him. In fact, Lester when he was young and in England would visit Smith Wigglesworth and Smith put his hands on um Lester's head and prayed for him and I am I I I I I've, I've told you this I I could even cry now I was sitting in my desk one day reading some reading a book by Lester Summerall where he told about how he visited S- S- uh, Smith Wigglesworth and how he'd laid his hands on and prophesied over him and before I graduated from Rhema L- Lester Summerall was there and he, they sat him in a chair, and all the students went by and he put his hand on my head. It's, I don't know why, it, it's just something in me, boy. I tell you, you, there's something great that was deposited in me. But Smith Wilglesworth was in 1922, I'll read it to you, he was in New Zealand and they were experiencing a great revival. A young preacher remarked to Wigglesworth, One is tempted to envy you for the great success you've had. He replied, Young man, it is the other way around. I feel like envying you. I've had three visions, three only. The first two already have come to pass, but the third is yet to be fulfilled. I will most likely pass on to my reward. But you are a young man, and you most likely will be in what I saw. Well, this is 1922. He says, he paused and burst out. Oh, it was amazing, amazing. What was amazing, the young man asked. Oh, said Wigglesworth, I cannot cannot tell God's secrets, but you will remember what I saw. This revival we have had, the Pentecostal revival, remember Azusa Street? Your spiritual historian and what happened, how God's Spirit was poured out and people were filled with the Spirit of God, is nothing to what God is yet going to do. In recounting this, the young preacher went on to say, this was clearly prophetic and spoken with such power. It was evident that the evangelist had a special vision granted to him of the coming outpouring of the Spirit. Spirit in an unprecedented effusion in the days just before our Lord comes to snatch away the church. How many believe we're living in the last days? He goes, it says, a week before his death, Wigglesworth prophesied again during a week long crusade. In fact, he was in, he died in basically in a church in ministering. He just dropped over, went home to be with Jesus. This time he foretold a second move of the Spirit. The first move would bring the restoration of the gifts of the spirit. The second would bring a revival of emphasis on the word of God. We've gone through the word of faith. That's all word. When I was going to school in 81 through 83, my God, that's all. Do I look that old? 81 through 83, the, the, the word of faith, I, I, I grew up a Methodist, but we both grew up Methodist, but we got in and through the charismatic, the latter part of the charismatic revival got filled with the Spirit, spoke with other tongues. As I've told you, my father, my sister was Catholic and she got filled. My father flew to the Catholic church, the priest, Catholic priest put his hand on his head and he was filled with the Spirit, came home speaking with tongues. See, that's revival. <laughs> You know, when you think about it. But I went through that. And so, But he's saying this. He says, the first move would bring the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit. The second would bring a revival of emphasis on the Word of God. He said, when these two moves of the Spirit combine, the Word, or the Spirit and the Word, we shall see the greatest move the church of Jesus Christ has ever seen. That's the move. And I believe we're in it. And I believe we're going to see some things. And, and that's why when I was thinking about when Kathy was talking about the church and giving into missions and what we've done for this church has given so much. God can use an insignificant small group of people. A small, in fact, you could go through. I could preach a sermon on how God used a little boy with a few fish and some loaves. Do you remember who led Samson when he was blind and couldn't see? Do you remember who? A little child. Small, insignificant child. So God tends to use people, insignificant people, churches. that They're not big mega churches. There are more churches, folks, out there like ours than these big mega churches. And so I want you to see, God has used this group, this small group of believers here at Harvest Church, and I'll tell you what the best is yet to come. And I say all this to tell you that we must prepare for it. And it's not that we haven't. I told you before, when I was just out of Bible school and, and we were going through some real spiritual battles, I can remember, I've told you this, when we had no food and that couple in the back, Sandy Belts, brought groceries to our door. That was a long time ago. I feel old. Do you feel old, Sandy, sometimes? but she was led by the Spirit to bring the young preacher some groceries. I'll tell you what, you know, there is... I'm probably going to preach my message today. There is something going on. I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor, but I sense in my spirit what God is doing. And folks, I don't like what we see on TV right now. But listen to me. Once this thing blows over, there'll be another one. Not necessarily this, but there is. there are factions within our government. Deep State, I hope you're listening. I don't care. I don't give a rat's rump. You were all waiting. What was he going to say? I said, rump? They're out there. Once this is over, there'll be one more event and another event. We have to stay focused as a people, be about our Father's business, doing kingdom business, and we must prepare, just like Noah, who was moved by holy fear to build an ark inland, didn't know there wasn't anything rain then. The earth was watered, the water Came this way from the earth. Hundred years he built an ark. And we've been at this for how long as a church doing this, going, you know, doing the same thing on and on and on and on every year? But there will come a time and you're going to see God begin to move and you're going to be amazed. And so we have to have a mentality that we're preparing. And I believe our facility, we've got more work to do. But we've made, we've come a long way. Do you know now because of the flood and because of this virus thing, we've got five rooms wired. People can go in and watch the service. Amen? And so, you as a believer, you're going to have to start thinking about making sure you're preparing. Now, in uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 it says for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory of God we're, we're going to see and experience the glory of God like we never have before. Some of you young ones we came up in the early days of the word of faith we were in services that were glorious. I mean the Power, the presence of God was so thick. That's why back when I was young, God spoke to me sooner than you think, must be prepared, no fear and strategy. And I've had that going through my head for all these years since the early 80s. Sooner than you think, must be prepared, no fear and strategy. Those were four directives given to this preacher. God can move suddenly, but we need to be prepared. Must not maybe be prepared. Must be prepared. I sat at my desk this week, and I got these. I'm I'm kind of, have you ever noticed I'm kind of a bottom line? She got mad at me yesterday. She starts telling me a story, and I look at her and just say, bottom line. Boy, then she really got mad. Just listen to me. I'm a bottom-line person. You know, that's why I love Dr. Gant because he boils everything down. Bottom line. And this is what I was sitting in, and I wrote this out. So if you get anything today, I want you to leave with this. You probably won't remember. But it's very simple. And this is where you are at, and this is where the church is at. And this is what we need to do. Seek his face. Say, seek his face grow in grace, find your place, and finish the race. Just a real simple little saying. Seek his face, grow in grace. In other words, grow up, church. Find your place, grow up, figure out where you fit in the body. And do whether it's mowing the yard or it's working with the children or Whatever, find your place and then finish it. The good work that God's begun in you and I, he will finish it. And we have to have that finish mentality. When I was young, I started, I wasn't a great athlete, I was a musician. I was fat, had pimples and played a trumpet. That was my whole life. Then I was a senior, I lost weight, my complexion cleared up, and I made up for lost time. What was I talking about? I got off. I'm just thinking about my little little fat, they used to call me Melky. When I hauled garbage, they had a nickname, I was Melky. I don't know why it was Melky. I, I had a, I was going to make a, God, I'm going to make a point here i don't even remember we might as well just close it down and go home Uh, uh, that isn't even i don't know how i got off on that oh well i'll just shift gears you know back when i was young i would just be devastated now i don't care (laughs) because i know you love me anyway i mean (laughs) nobody's perfect Seek his face, grow in grace, find your place, and finish. Oh, I was going to say, when I was young, I never finished anything. I'd started sports. Wrestling, I'd quit. Golf, I'd quit. See, I didn't have parents. They didn't have a finish mentality. I wasn't raised that way. But I'll tell you what, when I got born again, filled with the Spirit of God, I developed a mentality, a warrior mentality. Amen? This is different today. I'll finish this because we're going to run out of time, but just so you understand how important it is to take personal responsibility for your spiritual life. Here's some scriptures. Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? But grow in grace romans 12 1 2 i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to god which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good acceptable and perfect will of god who does that your neighbor your mate you do it you present your bodies 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. That's where we're at right now, folks. It's time to put the toys away and start stop playing church and being the church. 1 Peter 4, 7, 11, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Find out what you're called to do. And do it. John 4.35. This is the best one. Do not say there are still four months. And then comes the harvest. Behold I say to you. Lift up your eyes. And look at the fields. For they are already white for harvest. Well it is coming. No it is here. It is here. And I find myself. Beginning to think about the church as a whole. We as a church. We're, we're, this is a healthy church, but we need to become more evangelical-minded. What do you mean? We need to win people to Christ. We got a guy we're going to bring in. We're going to do it this year, aren't we, if we can get him? He's probably my age, probably older, don't you suppose? He's been to Kearney. We heard about him through Carney. and we got online and looked at him. Watched, or she's watched, I need to watch it. Well, I was in on it. Man, that guy's a preacher. He's a children's minister. Because in these last days, folks, it's all about the kids. We've always wanted to be a generational church. And, you know, Julie, they did such a good job through the years with, with the youth and all that. But we, we've got to get back to now where the kids and the adults kind of flow together as one. I want to read this too. This is my devotional for the day, and I'm going, to, I'm going to quit with this. This is by Brenda Kuhneman, Hank's wife. The scriptures in John 2:17 it says, And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Diminishing church attendance and involvement seems to be becoming an epidemic. People have lost interest in getting deeply involved in a local church. Some of this is understandable when people have had a bad experience with church or felt like a ministry mishandled them or others. However, I always like to compare it like this. We don't quit going to doctors or eating at restaurants because of bad experiences. Ever had a bad experience at a doctor, at a restaurant? Do you still go to the doctor? Do you still go to a restaurant? It says this, bad experiences are to be expected with anything, even in Christendom. If you get two people in any room long enough, Christian or not, there will be problems eventually. See, if we were all locked into this room for a long period of time, you'd be so sick of me. None of them are perfect. It says, you know, bad experiences are par for the course, so we cannot let it, be, let it excuse us from getting behind God's ministries and local churches. None of them are perfect, but God still has given them a starring role in furthering the gospel, and we have to support what God endorses. Now, this is what I want you to listen. Friend, the work of God's kingdom is under siege. Do you agree with that? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, violence, but it's the violent that take it by force. In other words, it's the determined warriors of God who, in spite of setbacks or even bad experiences, are going to dig their heels in and get involved. God loves his churches and ministries, so let's defy the odds and let a passion cause us to... Can be consumed for his house today she says praise father I pray today for the success of local churches and ministries I support them and ask you to continually show me how to do my part to have a passion and a zeal for the house of God you need to have a passion and a zeal you need to be prepared I'm so glad I'm just prompted to this how long have you been here do you even remember yeah you were in third grade. do you know there was one point you left, and you- came, no you you left the church. I don't know why, but you left You weren't here very long, and I don't know what something happened, but yeah, but you came back. and there are people out there you know that have left and, and, and uh, I don't know whatever reason but you came back you know and we need people to come back there are people out there that belong here I was listening watching something it was online and I won't say where so don't ask me and it was about a church in a local town not far from here And they were interviewing the preacher, and he had a sign, and it said, you belong here. And I thought about that, and maybe he thinks everybody belongs here, but not everybody belongs there. And I thought, I didn't like that. You pray and ask God where to go to church. And you get plugged into the church God tells you. You don't go to church because it just says you belong here. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Need to prepare, folks. Let's stand up. You need to prepare. I didn't even get in. it. I didn't even really preach my message today. I got off on tangents. But I'm trying to stir you up. The best is yet to come. Good things are on the horizon. Spiritual increase, numerical increase, financial increase. Blessings are on the way for God's people that prepare spiritually and in the natural. We got our ark built, so we're okay. Father, I bless this group of believers this morning. I thank you, Father. They're hungry. They're spiritually hungry for you. Lord, I continue to thank you. Thank you for kindling a fire in our hearts. Holy Spirit, help this church prepare for the days ahead. A mindset that's knowing that God is going to pour out His Spirit. Things are coming. Father, I thank you for our people that are getting ready. For the days ahead in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, these people, everyone in this room finds their place and gets plugged in. In the name of Jesus, help us finish, Lord, what you've begun in us. Lord, and let Jesus Christ be glorified in all that we say and do in the days ahead. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Amen. Is there anyone here today that is sick? If it's coronavirus, I'm sorry, I can't pray, get near you, and pray for you. You'll have to go outside and sit in the car. Then we'll send some people out six feet away. No, I'm, I don't, The spirit of Mike keys is on me. Is there anyone here today? Are you all healthy? It's good to see some new new people. Look at that little one back there. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Is that from swinging at Robert? Yeah, I think so. All these years? What do you, have you been to the doctor? Or? Okay. Well, let's pray and extend your hands. Father, today I thank you that your word instructs us that we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I thank you, Lord, for that healing anointing in Jesus' name. Jesus, your Savior. Jesus, your healer. And so, Father, I'm expecting that anointing to flow into that neck. I'm expecting the stiffness and the numbness to go in the name of Jesus because you're no respecter of persons. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, do you believe that when I pray for you that God's a big God? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose that healing anointing today. Lord, I thank you for your mercy for her. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace to every ligament, tendon, muscle. Thank you, Lord. You're a miracle-working God for Julie. Healing is the children's bread. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, go ahead, dear. Yeah. Now, what you do, because I, I understand pain. God can heal instantly. God can heal as you go, but what you need to do every day is speak to your body. Speak I speak to every nerve ending in my body, every ligament, every tendon, every muscle. And you know there'd be days that I don't, but majority of the time I'm very consistent and start doing it and find some scriptures and declare and decree a thing. Speak to your body. Just like you speak to Robert. Speak to them girls. You speak to Julie's body in Jesus' name. Amen. Dean called me. You remember? Dean was diagnosed and they found cancer on his back. And um, he called me yes, two days ago or yesterday. I don't remember. Friday. And said that the doctor said, come here. And they could see the cancer was starting to um, go and. The cancer, the tumor, was getting smaller, and his voice was coming back. And he said to me, out of the blue, he said something about, "How's how's the plate doing?" And I thought, I said, "What? What are you talking about? How are you doing with the plate? I, you mean the offering basket? Yeah, the offering. And I know, see, I don't, I don't, I don't manipulate people to give." Just never happened that. I says, well, God takes care of us. He says, Well, I'm sending an offering. I said, Okay. But I says, We're praying for you. In fact, today I call Dean blessed in Jesus' name, a healthy, recovering supernaturally. I call Terry Ketter whole, be made whole in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. For your mercy towards those two gentlemen today, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we'll see you Wednesday night, ready to work. God bless you. Thank you.